Hello, Ms. Kapow. Hello, Brother Kapow. Today's date is March 2nd. 2020. That's right. And next week is daylight saving time. Daylight saving time. We want to go home. I just don't like to stay same day. Just pick a time and stick with it. Yeah. Okay, make a decision and stick with it. Come on. How stupid is it? Okay, now now okay, I'm off the show now Uh-oh. and I'm I'm irritated over daylight saving time. See? Didn't take much. Didn't take much. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so today, God, you know what? I'm just excited about today. Because we're gonna what? talk about Why are you excited about today? We're gonna talk about Suffering. Suffering. And we all know that as Christians, we don't suffer. We don't need to suffer because we're Christians. Right. Yeah. And you don't get get sick. That's what it says in my Bible. Your body will always be healed. Uh, Things will always go your way. And you'll always get the raise at work. And you'll always get the good-looking chick. I know I did. Uh, you don't need to suffer because once you become a Christian, everything's cool down here. That's why you want to be Earth. a Christian because everything is cool. Down exactly, here. exactly. Just ask all those people who got their heads cut off for their Christianity. Yeah. Uh, and not only it that, crucified upside down. Yeah, burned at the stake. But not only that, cooked in butter. <laughs> well, that's a Seinfeld. I'm thinking about John cooked in butter. I'm not butter oil. Kramer. Wasn't it Kramer? Never mind. And. <laughs> Not only is suffering like that, like the hard, hard things you think about, like, oh, suffering for Christ. We all suffer for Christ on all kinds of levels. Yeah, because a lot of times we think when we suffer or there's persecution, we always think about the missionaries out out there in, you know, third world countries or whatnot. Yep. And they do suffer. But we also should be um, experiencing the same, well, not the same kind of suffering, but we should also be suffering for Christ. Yeah, and we do. It's, um, you know, you're, you're not, maybe you're not being hung upside down, crucified on a cross, that's good, count your blessings. But you are being tested and you're being pushed. And molded. All the time and molded. And it's not because God has nothing else to do to allow it. It is because it's a character-building exercise. You're being conformed to the image of Christ. Yes. So how we view the suffering is key. It's how we view it in its ultimate benefit. Those who are suffering right now, at the sound of my voice... cannot jump up and down and go, oh my goodness, I'm feeling so much joy. This is so cool. I count it all joy. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. You can't count it all joy when you're going through this. It's the opportunity for growth that's joyous. Mm-hmm. And we're going to explain that. So it's the thing that all Christians go through and you will continue to go through this through your whole life on this miserable earth. While you're on probation down here, you will continue to go through testings and trials and provings of your character. The way the Bible explains these testings and provings, it's like refining silver or refining gold. 
which is done through fire. The fire heats up the metal and the dross or the crap falls and melts off of it, leaving the gold or the silver a usable vessel in God's kingdom. Our purpose here is not for our lives. You're, you know, you're, you, you, you know, your, your life down here is not for you. You're down here because you're a kingdom child. You're part of God's kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is upon us, and we press hard into that kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's what God has us doing when he has us doing it. We are not under the works of men. We are not under your pastor. We're not under your religious organization. We are not under anybody who tells you, you need to do this and do this. Don't do this. Don't touch. Don't taste. Don't grow. Don't handle. Those are rules of the world. And men, arrogant men, create those things. What I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit in you. And you better know when the Holy Spirit's talking to you. And you will know that when you go through suffering. You will know that the Lord is telling you certain things. And if the Lord is guiding you and directing you to do a thing, whatever that thing may be, that's what you do. Okay? So your work is an outflow of the character of who you are. In Christ. In Christ. You are abiding in the vine. And the vine in you, the vine in the Father, you are all one, and your work outflows from that. Your work is never to gain God's acceptance, never for your salvation, or for brownie points, or he's going to think more highly of you. When you do that, you will crash and burn when you get tested, because it's a system of works. Right. That's one heck of an introduction. So Uh, we're going to... We're going to talk about suffering, and it is not a popular topic because I would think most preachers, especially preachers who want money from you, don't want to talk about this. They want to talk about your prosperity and how God will bless you, and you'll get more money, and you'll get this and that, and he'll meet all your needs. But Christ suffered, And we are not above the master, and we will suffer. He says you will suffer. And if you want to see the kingdom, you will suffer with Christ. Mm -hmm. You will have trials and tribulations down here because your character means everything to God. And remember, God is pleased when you suffer for doing the right thing, not the wrong thing. So, in other words, if you're suffering because you've stolen something, you know, you got arrested, now you're going to jail, and you're suffering for that... That's not what God's pleased about. But if you're doing the works of God, you're walking in a godly way and you suffer for it. For instance, you um, someone defames your name or you know, you're going through, um, people are gossiping about you or something because you're doing the right thing. That's suffering that God um, approves of because you're, you're walking in righteousness and you're being persecuted for your faith. Yeah, it's tied into your your faith, your Christian walk is what the suffering is tied into. And it may not even be persecution from the world or your boss or an outside source. It could be anything uh, the enemy could persecute you and play with your head, uh, tell you lies, uh, push your buttons. And we'll tell you a story what happened to us the other day about button pushing. 
and how your response is, is, is everything. And that's where you can find joy in it. And I think even today my buttons are pushed because it's just, mm-hmm. I just, I'm it's not going to it, but it's constant. Yeah. Uh, so you, you have to look at suffering as not just a third world country being persecuted for Christ uh, or hated at work because you listen to K-Wave, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it goes beyond that. It's Satan persecutes you, demonic persecution. The Any, world. The world persecution. Anything tied to your Christian walk. I mean, the other Christians. Yeah, other Christians, you know. Um, even in my case, you know, you, you write music and you have songs on there about God. You have songs on there about Christ becoming a new man. You have songs on there, why don't you look into Jesus? I have songs on this EP and sometimes you don't get the traction that you would like to get because of the religious overtones. You know what I mean? So you don't make the Spotify playlist. You don't make the, you know, and it could be just that my music sucks. I don't know. That could be yeah. it too. But but for personally, a personally thing, it's like it is a suffering for me because, you know, I'm not going to get the success you know, in that endeavor and get the listeners that I would like for people to hear this music because of the content, okay? And I know this because I have put other content out and people, you know, flock to it. (laughs) You put Christian content out and they don't. It's the same with this podcast. You know, if I sat around and just talked about secret societies and fallen angels and Nephilims and bases on the moon and all that stuff... I can have tens of thousands more listeners than we do when you just talk about doctrine. Uh, But that's okay. That's okay. Because at the end of the day, I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't want praise from from podcast listeners. Mm -mm. I'm beyond that. Praise the Lord. Uh, And you know, it's also very, it's a privilege not only to serve Christ, but to suffer for him. Yeah. And it's, and it's a fact that it will happen, and it, it is a privilege. And in Acts, um, the, uh, the apostles, when they first uh, were taken before the high priest and stuff, and said, don't preach this Christ anymore. Remember, they walked out, mm-hmm. and they counted it all joy that they were found worthy to suffer for the name of Christ, mm-hmm. right? That they, they were worthy yeah. of it. So it is a mindset. <clears throat> And it's a mindset I think we have lost mm-hmm. in today's, especially our Western society here, because we're spoiled. Yeah. And we have instant gratification. Well, and I think we've lost what the true meaning of Christianity is. We have. We have. And it's something that's not preacher taught. And it's hard for us to get back and go, oh, this is what's supposed to happen. It's, it's our attitude and how we handle that. And we, we've lost that. And that's, that's what we want to try to talk about today. Regain. Yeah. Let me just, can, can I just yeah. read Second Corinthians? Please. Because Second Corinthians, um, the very first chapter, is talking about God who comforts us. And it's the, I'll start with verse 3. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, 
the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. So God, the Father, comforts us through Christ, through Christ, this Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? So that we, in the same way, can offer the same kind of comfort to our brethren. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, that's verse 6, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. Mm. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Wow. One of the key things take away from that passage there is you're suffering, then you can then comfort others. Mm-hmm. But see, it's the it's whole the body purpose. of Christ working together. Yeah. Who, who Christ is the head, and he holds together that body, the ligaments, the joints, the muscles. Christ holds it together. Tomorrow, the blood. Yeah. The we don't hold it together. We don't. We're, we're part of Christ holds it together, and God gives the growth. We have nothing to do with that. We don't work towards any of that. And you know, we just Paul, are. one of the things that I've really, really learned recently is that it's all God. It's all God. It's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that we can boast about Mm-mm. in our salvation or what we do for God at, you know, after we've come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Everything is God. And let me tell you, I, I've been on this real big anti-works kick. And there's a reason. I'm not going to get into it now, but I am really, really ugh, disgusted by, by human works mm. to achieve righteousness. If you ask any Christian out there, including you listening, um, how do you get saved? Is it by works or by the grace of Christ? Everybody would raise their hand and go, no, you can't work your way to heaven. It's by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ alone, faith alone, sola, the scripture, sola, sola, faith, blah, 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 right? But yet they will work their butt off in their organization because man tells them to or or commands that they pay 10% of their salary or commands it or do this or do that. Uh, you, it, it, and it's not the work for the salvation, but it pleases God. It shows you're a good Christian. You're a servant. You're working. <clears throat> they will believe that they have salvation by grace but they don't have enough grace to keep that salvation. They have to work in order to earn brownie points with God or with fellow men or whatever. And James, when James talks about faith without works is dead, the salvation is taken care of. The works he's talking about justifies not before God, but before men that they see your outflow is the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. We confuse that with activity. That's and we get into a thing called legalism, right. where we start putting laws on ourselves. We have to do this. We have to do. Don't taste. Don't yeah, touch. Don't. That's what Colossians talks. Colossians about. two talks about that. Paul warned about that. Well, what happens is when trials come and you're legalistic, and you may not even think you're legalistic, but I guarantee you, ninety percent of you people listening are. Mm-hmm. You have legalism in your doctrine because you're taught that way in church. Because organizations need your tithe, they need your talent, and they need your your time. They can't exist without that. And so they will mix the doctrine. It's not a pure doctrine of God, and they will mix the doctrine of grace to get that from you. And when you get legalistic and 
suffering comes your way, you will, you will crash and burn because you're, the suffering comes to, it's proving your faith by trials. It's proving your faith by testing and by hardships and character refinement. Then you're going to crash because you have no true doctrine of suffering to hold on to, only approval by works. And then you're going to cry, why me? Why me? Now, I say this. I'm not condemning you. I'm saying this because I've, I've, I've been there. We've both been there. <clears throat> We've been under deep, deep hits, mm -hmm. deep, deep trials and suffering, deep for lots of months. And I've been through these stages. And so when I'm telling you about suffering, I don't tell you because, oh, I read it or I think it's just a great job. I'm telling you because I've been through it. And God's pulled me and he's pulling me through the fire. He never takes you out of it and around it or under it. He pulls you through it because you have to be refined, right? Mm -hmm. And suffering really is, um, it coincides with obedience. It's, it's yeah, it's one and the same, absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you think about in, in uh, Hebrews, it talks about Jesus being um, um, the priest forever, right? Mm -hmm. As an order of uh, Melchizedek. Well, anyways, it says... While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings and with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Yes. And in this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. And God design, designated him to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Now, mm -hmm. Jesus is our example. When we suffer, we have Jesus to look to and how we should behave when we're suffering. Absolutely. And the perfection of your faith or the completion, the complete at the totality of it, depends on your suffering, your afflictions. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're using one mic here, so all my noises come out. Uh, you talked about, um, you know, testing, uh, you know, uh, faith. In Genesis 22.1, it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. He said, Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Uh, God is going to test that. He's going to test that. And you you need to have the the proper mindset to deal with this because it's never never ever pleasant and uh i mean i'll be honest with you there was times recently and if there's there's only two listeners that know this um the shavers know this there was a time i was actually researching christian suicide i to be totally transparent with you because I was under such hopelessness and despair that if I could have, if I could have been assured uh, that in fact I, I would go to heaven and, and not forfeit my eternal life, I may have ate my Glock 40. Seriously, I was that despairing. I mean, right, Miss Kyle? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not lying to you guys. I'm not lying to you. Um, that, that was just a few months ago. So there's only a few people who know that uh, because most of the people that's around me don't care. Uh, but the Schaefers who listen to this show care. And anyway, 
it's like Miss Kapow said when she read that it you're able to show compassion to others when you go through this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not going to dog anybody. I'm not mentioning names. But at, at one of my low points for me, I was sick and I, I, I coughed really bad and I lost consciousness and I hit my head on the bathroom wall. Mm-hmm. And um, I woke up on the floor bleeding because I had glasses on and the glasses had cut through my, my face. Right. And I had to go to the emergency room. And I was real sick and I spent four hours in the emergency room. They did a bunch of tests on me and stuff like that. And I had lost consciousness. So that's, that's not good. But I had a Christian brother that goes to church with me call to see if I'm okay. But the first words out of his mouth was, huh, looks like God's trying to tell you something. Yeah. That's not cool, folks. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? That's no compassion. You don't, someone's going through trials and testings like that. You don't arrogantly say, oh, looks like God's trying to tell you something. Because what's behind that statement is, well, I didn't see you last Wednesday and I didn't see you the Wednesday before. I didn't see you at men's Bible study and I didn't see you at the home group and I didn't see you Sunday night. Backslider. Yeah, and maybe you're not quite right with God and God's trying to punish you. That is BS. Yeah, that's not even biblical. That's not even biblical. But that brother told me that. On the phone. That was the first words out of his mouth. It's like pouring salt on his It is. Wound. It is. You know, and um, that's not right. I forgive that brother because in ignorance, he don't know what he's talking about. Matter of fact, I think right now he's going through his own stuff and he might be learning that maybe that's quite not correct. Right. And I just want to clarify, though, God will <clears throat> chastise those he loves. Yeah. But it's not punishment it's not punishment it's discipline to build your character and it will happen it's it's you're not going to be a christian and not have this happen so that's why it's vital that we you know we understand this um <clears throat> so that we don't fall into this trap of legalism and works and then we don't understand it so let's get this straightened out okay all right i just want to do this little exposure response prevention thing sure and uh, and you, later on the Kapow Show is really going to get into a thing called scrupulosity. And right now, if you will, if you can write this down, scruple with a U-L, scruple, S-C-R-U-P-U-L-osity. It's a real thing. It's a real psychiatric evaluation. And basically what it means is religious OCD. And it's people who suffer with OCD and it's tied to the religion, but yet it has nothing to do with the religion. I will tell you right now, it's demonic, but it's a very real thing. And many people have it, but the church isn't aware of it. Mm -hmm. Very few people are aware of scrupulosity, but it's a real thing. I became aware of it and God has put a burden on both our hearts to expose it and train people in it uh, because... It's, it's a horrible thing, and it's tied to legalism. So part of this series, part of what we're talking about is to prevent scrupulosity. But when you go through therapy, you know, um, secular therapy, they have a thing called exposure response prevention. And that came from people with phobias. And it, the same therapy works for people with OCD, any kind of OCD. 
and it, it works with people with religious OCD or just hand washing OCD or you know the common things you think about. Yeah. <clears throat> In its basic form, this is what it means. A person is exposed to the trigger that causes the fear and anxiety. So let me go back. OCD is uh, an intrusive, obsessive thought. Okay, so let's say uh, if I go on this elevator, I'm gonna die. Um, I can't go in this elevator because I'm gonna die. I can't be closed in the elevator. It's an intrusive thought that results in a compulsion, a compulsive behavior. The behavior is if the person goes to the elevator, he's gonna climb the walls and scream and hit the emergency button or become so fearful and anxious he can't even get on the elevator, okay? It's, it's an obsessive thought that causes, causes a compulsion. So in this basic form, <clears throat> a person is exposed to the trigger, like say um, the person who's afraid of the, the elevator will stand in front of the elevator and normally that would cause fear and anxiety to well up. Okay, so in therapy, you would stand there and then the person represses or redirects that response, that fear response. So in other words, you know, he's gonna replace that fear like, uh, I don't know, whatever. He's gonna replace it with a positive thought. I need to get to the fourth floor to sign my tax documents and that's gonna be good and there's nothing to fear here. It's, it's, it's an irrational fear. So if he it represses or redirects that response so as not to perform the compulsive behavior, then the exposure response prevention therapy is working. And after he does this for a while, he becomes what they call habituated to the trigger where he no longer has um, the fear or the phobia. He's not affected by it. Right. Okay? So I was looking at this and reading about this, and I, and I saw that in the same way that exposure response provision works, the Bible has taught the same thing for centuries regarding suffering, which of course produces fear and anxiety in Christians, mm -hmm. right? That's, what, that's why you have to cast your care on him, for he cares for you. It's not just a little quip, we say. It's vital that you release your own understanding. It's vital that you don't lean on your understanding and that you acknowledge God in all your ways so he can guide your path. Ms. Kapow said earlier, obedience is everything. Mm -hmm. I read you the scripture in uh, Genesis that Abraham listened to God and obeyed. See, it's everything. You, it's all about God. And the more you can release yourself, the freer you become. See, it's about freedom. You have to get rid of yourself, try to figure everything out. Yeah, that's when Jesus says, take up your cross. And follow me. Yeah, deny yourself. Deny yourself. And when you take that cross up and follow him and you go down to that, you got to go out of the city and you set up your cross. Who are you nailing to the cross? Your old self. Yourself. You have to nail your flesh nature, your old man. And that spirit man then needs to be grown and rejuvenated because it's the spirit man that doesn't sin. That's right. Not the flesh. Let's read James 1, 2 and go from here. So remember what I just said about exposure response prevention. And listen to this, what James says. James says, dear, this is uh, <clears throat> James chapter 1, verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, 
consider it an opportunity for great joy. Mm-hmm. This is your exposure right here. This is your trigger. The trouble that comes your way is what exposes you to fear and anxiety. We don't like this trouble. Mm-hmm. Whatever it might be, mm-hmm. we're not digging it. It could be your health. It could be your finances. It could be your parents' health. It could be your child's health. It could be your spouse's uh, health. It, it, it could be anything that's triggering this anxiety. Yeah, and in it could you. be trouble, afflictions, that sort of thing. Yes, persecutions, demonic persecutions, uh, bad boss. It could be anything, but you recognize it as trouble comes any kind come your way. Now the key here is consider it an opportunity for great joy. Mm-hmm. I always hated this scripture. Because I always read it before that I'm supposed to be joyous in this stuff. And I'm thinking, well, that's stupid. I cannot be happy, right? You can't, you can't confuse happiness with joy anyway. Mm-mm. How can I find happiness in this? It's just, it's, it, what am I, some kind of super Christian? I mean, it's stupid. That, that's not it what it says. It doesn't make sense, but yeah, that's not what it says. And basically, this is a crossroads. You're either going to respond to the trouble or you're going to reply yeah. That. Yeah. You're you're either gonna um, uh, you're react, gonna, you know, you're gonna prevent the response, mm-hmm. or you're gonna let the response happen, which is fear and anxiety and mistrust. And what happens? Then more troubles come your way until you learn. So you can spend your whole Christian life just in a hole. <laughs> Seriously, that doesn't mean you're not a Christian, but you're not growing. Mm-mm. This is hard. Mm-hmm. This ain't easy. This ain't hard. Uh, this, I mean, this is hard. So this, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So you're not joying in the trouble. You get it? You don't go, oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I got bunions on my feet. There's nothing to be joyous about. The joy comes in that that there's an opportunity now to grow. Mm-hmm. It's the knowledge that you're being grown, you're being pressed, you're being molded. Yes. And so it's the knowledge that it's God working in you to conform you into the image of His Son, to grow you, to um, to mature you, because that's what that's our purpose to become mature in Christ. You know, in uh, Hebrews five talks about that that you no longer need the milk of the word, but you can actually eat the strong meat of the word mm-hmm. because you have practiced the good versus the evil, making those kind of choices. Yeah. And so that's what that's all about. So let's let's reverse engineer this for a little bit. You know, normally, you know, Christ would start with a parable and didn't tell you the doctrine. So this starts with the doctrine. Let's re- reverse engineer it to a parable. Let's say you're at the gym, okay? Say you paid a trainer, a personal trainer, to help you lose weight and gain muscle and kind of reshape your body because you've been eating too many Twinkies, mm-hmm. right? So you pay this guy and you get there and the first day he's having you do, you know, eight to 10 reps of a certain amount of weight and it's hard and you don't like it and you don't want to do squats. The last thing you want to do is squats, but he's having you do this. 
Well, you're not all joyous when you're doing that. You're huffing and puffing. and you're hating every moment. You're hating every moment. And you're probably calling this trainer certain names inside and fleshing out and thinking about quitting. But if you keep the attitude that I'm paying this guy to do this, this is for my benefit, and the joy lies in the opportunity of me losing the weight and gaining muscle and reshaping myself. It's the result. Yes. It's the result that I'm looking at. That's what's given me joy. And so you, you walk out of that session and there's absolutely no change in your body. And you go, wow, what was that all about? And then you go back next week and you do the same thing and there's no change in your body. But you keep doing it because you're thinking this is going to work. And after two or three weeks, you begin to notice a little change. Your weight that you're lifting goes up. Hey, I started with 15 pounds. Now I'm doing 25. And your trainer goes, look at this. You couldn't even do a push-up before three weeks ago. Now you're doing 10. Mm -hmm. What? Let's weigh yourself. What? Let's, let's measure your waistline. Two inches. Diet and exercise. Now you start going, ah, I'm feeling joy. Mm -hmm. Be because the weight... The testing gives you the opportunity for joy of the end result. Mm -hmm. What it is, is the endurance. Yes. You're enduring, you're enduring the testing and you're anticipating the result. And that's what gives you the joy, especially when you do attain that <laughs> outcome. That's exactly it. So we reversed engineer it. So if you can think about... The gym or, or, or your any sport you're into, running, marathon, anything that you have to work and it's hard, but the end result, if you keep doing it, you get pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. Any skill, this is this. Yep, any skill. So if you look at this like that, does it make the trouble and the trial go away? No, it's not supposed to. Does it make it easy? No, it's not supposed to. But if you can look beyond it, as an opportunity for joy of growth, you can get through it. Mm -hmm. And not by your own understanding, but like releasing it to God. Mm -hmm. Tough, but it can be done. Or, they would, or it wouldn't be. Because God wouldn't give you anything that you could, he, that he didn't, doesn't, he will not give you anything that he doesn't think you can do. That's right. They're going to put on you more than a bear. There were times I cried out to God and I said, God, you said, you wouldn't put more on me than I bear, and I can't bear anymore. I can't bear anymore. And he didn't He didn't answer me and said, you know, you're right. I'm going to just... No, it just kept coming. <laughs> so only he knew what I can bear. But it wasn't, you know, the big complaint you hear when you're going through trials and tribulations is you don't hear from God, right? Same thing. I didn't hear from him. You don't hear from him when you're like that. Mm -hmm. It's because that's what faith is. Mm -hmm. It's you just have to rely and it's called trust. And it's hard, folks. It's not easy. I'm not here telling it it's easy as pie. It's hard. But trust, we have to. We have to do it. Yeah, because remember, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Yeah. Result, right? And it gives us assurance that things, um, um, gives us uh, assurance about things we cannot see. And through faith, I think I read too far. But anyways, faith is the confidence that we have what we hope for. 
which uh, will actually happen, and it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what this this lesson is about. And so that just goes with anything, any you know, physical ailments that you're going through, financial problems, anything. It's hard to do, but the attitude is, what do I need to learn from this? Yeah. How, what kind of growth do I need to, to go through this? And uh, Ms. Kapow mentioned endurance. Mm -hmm. And here's verse three. Oh, look at that. For you know that when your faith is tested, mm -hmm. your endurance has a chance to grow. See? <laughs> it has a chance to grow. If you're in the gym and your trainer keeps putting weight on your squats and you're like, you, I'm gonna, I can't do it. He's like, you can, you can do one more rep. Come on, come on, right? You're giving your muscles a chance to grow and you're building endurance, right? Because you're being tested. It's hard enough to do this in the gym or a marathon runner or any other skill you're building. Mm -hmm. and But it's really hard as a Christian because we're not taught to have this attitude. No. It's like tough. you said earlier, we're lazy. We're lazy and we're spoiled. We're and spoiled. we just think that God's... And, and we have prosperity preaching all the way. Mm -hmm. God's blessing. God's going to reward you. You know, even my own pastor said something now about... You know, cry, uh, Satan comes to rob, steal, and destroy, which is not true. It's the gate. Anyway, and then he says, but Jesus comes to give you more life and more abundantly. Like life right now. But that's not life right now. It's a spiritual life. We're never supposed to belong to this world. We don't belong to this world. We're in a different kingdom. Right? Mm-hmm. So in the gym, the harder you work out lifting heavier weights, the more repetitions, the more repetitions, the more sets and endurance, longer runs, steeper climbs, the more you build endurance, right? Mm -hmm. Verse four says, so let it grow. Let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I'm, I'm, I keep going back to that Hebrews five. I'm gonna Go read back. that. Because that this goes so well with this. Um, oh, there's so much that goes well with this. You <laughs> that's done. true. Yeah. Um, there is so, much more we could like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. And this is where uh, the writer of Hebrews is talking about um, Jesus being um, high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Um you will have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who li uh, lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Skill. Let that endurance be fully developed. You will be perfect and complete, yep, needing see, nothing. It's all about faith and the obedience and the endurance. Mm-hmm. Now, will you be perfect in your flesh? Oh, no. No, you're perfect in the spirit, man. Mm -hmm. 
Which your means complete is total. Always enmity with God. It cannot yeah. be reformed. It can't change. It can't. You can quit sinning and sin no more habitually in the spirit. Your spirit man can. Your flesh, if you if you say you have no sin, you're a liar. You're always dealing with your flesh. Mm-hmm. So allow it. Let your muscles grow. The joy is in the completeness of your training, the confident hope you obtain. Right? Now let's go to verse 12 in James. James 1 verse 12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Now, when we talk about temptation, we're not talking about uh, like, oh, I'm tempting you to do evil, no, right? We're not talking about that. Testing. Yes, it's not an allurement to sin, but trials or distresses of any kind which test and purify the Christian character, right? Mm-hmm. Some of those to whom James was writing to were sick or otherwise afflicted. Like in James 5, 13. Mm-hmm. If you have suffering hardships, you should pray. If you're happy, sing praises. Every possible ch- trial to the child of God is a masterpiece of strategy of the captain of his salvation for his good. Proving your faith, God, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life. That's eternal that God has promised to those who love him. If you love him, you got to go through this, but it's attitude. Mm-hmm. So let me stop right here and just and just tell what happened to Ms. Kapow and I. We were going over this a couple of days ago and we were discussing this and we're reading this scripture going, yeah, this would be good to, to teach. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Right? Right. And we got into our head. Yeah, patient endurance. Right. Now my hot button is anger. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Your hot, Linda's hot button is um, rejection. Rejection. <laughs> rejection. So we talked about this in our kitchen. We had just gone over all the scriptures. Then we actually left for the gym mm-hmm. to go <laughs> to, to go out. to go patiently endure working out. And within ten minutes, I lie to you not, folks. Within ten minutes of coming out of my driveway, going down the street. Some idiot moron just about T-bones me because he's going too fast down a side street and not breaking. And when some idiot almost T-bones me, I get angry. And I told him, about, look at this stupid idiot. You know, I said, this guy's going so fast, I'm going to make him slow down. One of the things I like to do is you want to go fast? I'll go 12 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And you could just wait. You want to get there fast? You could just wait. Right? And I had that anger. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, it wasn't anything else but the Holy Spirit said, count it all joy. No kidding. Count it all joy. Because this is an opportunity for you to build character. Anger your human anger is no bueno. Mm-mm. That doesn't work with the character of God. That never works out for you, Pablo. No bueno. Count it all joy because here's an opportunity. Here's your exposure. Here's your trigger. Now, now, do something with the response. Your, your, your compulsion is to get angry. Let's do something else. And I went, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Just knowing that is enough for me to let it go. So I shot the guy with my shotgun and I drove off. No, I didn't. 
it was over. I said, okay, cool. You know, whatever. Yeah. So instead of reacting, to yeah. it, you responded. I responded. You- I just drove normally, hit the stop sign, went my merry way, and we all drive stupid at some point. And that was over. It was it. I mean, within 10 minutes. And the thing is, as I was telling Ms. Capel, praise God that the Holy Spirit brought that to my attention, quickened it to me. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it was an opportunity to grow. So I may not be a better person right now, but if this keeps happening to me, pretty soon I won't have that response to anger anymore mm-hmm. because I've created a habituation to it. Right. You know? And it would be Hebrews 5. Yeah. And it'll be this that I have patiently endured and I receive a ground of life afterwards because I've endured this and I've and I built character through this testing. Mm-hmm. Right? So then we go on our way to the gym. No. Okay, no first okay. we start to get the car washed. Mm-hmm. And I won't go through great detail. But basically I was washing the car. Miss Capel was coming to, to meet me from the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And out, as I was coming out, uh, for me, I was just coming out of the car wash. There was another car and another lane coming out. He couldn't see me. And I didn't know if he was going to go left and hit me. And I, didn't, and, I, and I needed to go to the other bin. And I didn't know what he was going to do. And so I was very distracted and very concerned with safety because I didn't know what this other guy was going to do. Miss Kapow came up to the car and wanted to get in, but the door was locked. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I did to you, shooed you off, or I don't know what I did, but yeah, I didn't unlock the door. <laughs> huh? You ignored I, get, I ignored her because I was yeah. not focused. And so when I finally parked and opened the door, she came in the, the car and she was... And then you, you had asked, okay, you want to do the drying or do you want to vacuum? And I told him, I said, well, I'm kind of mad at you right now. Yeah, you said I'm disappointed. Disappointed. Yeah. I'm disappointed in you. And, and I, I go, said, why? Because <laughs> you wouldn't let me in the, in the car. Yeah. So I explained to her why I, I didn't let her in a car there because mm-hmm. I was distracted and it was a safety issue. It had nothing to do with her. It was, yeah. I didn't want to get hit by this other car. I didn't know what he was going to do. And I didn't see any of that. Yeah. I just wanted to come inside the car. Yeah. So... What happened on that? Well, what happened on that was I could have either salt, you know, and just said, well, then he can do the car himself and then sit in the car and have a pity party mm-hmm. and just stay angry with you, right? Or I could say, you know what, this is no big deal. And, um, you know, say, well, I'm sorry, and just move, move on. And I helped with the vacuuming. And... Just let whatever um, offense I had, I just let it go. And then after that happened, we start talking. I go, you know what just happened? We got tested. You got tested. You got tested. I had already been tested with the angry thing just 10 minutes before. 15 minutes later, she gets tested with the rejection thing. It's what, what happened to her. She felt rejected. I didn't open the car door with her. It was an automatic feeling of rejection. Um, and she could have rode with that, but instead something that her said, no, I'm going to look, I'm gonna, this is an opportunity to do the opposite mm-hmm. and it's an opportunity for growth. Yeah. Are you going to hold on to the offense or are you going to let it go? And so I chose to let it she go. let it go. And then we went on and we had a wonderful day after that. 
And we talked about it. Hey, isn't that amazing? Minutes after discussing this, we both experienced mm -hmm. a testing. And you'll find sometimes, you probably know this, but you know, after reading the word and praying and whatnot, or God showing you something in his word, most of the time you'll get the opportunity to work that thing out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's true. In fact, um, yeah, it was last night and uh, I was going through a drive through and some gal just oh. comes around the corner and just parks right next to me in this little one car lane drive through. Mm -hmm. And uh, I told her, I told I go, what the, what the heck is going, going on? Fast, going too. fast. So I wanted to get angry. Like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? You hit my car and we got problems. And I rolled down my window and drove up to her and real nicely smiled at her. And I said, what are you doing? And she goes, oh, she goes, well, they didn't, they didn't have vanilla ice cream. And so I thought this was a double mm -hmm. lane, but it's not. I haven't been here in a long time. And so now I'm like stuck. And I said, well, do you want me to get out and help you back up? And she said, oh, I didn't think about that. She didn't think about backing up. <laughs> She didn't think about backing up. So she goes, oh, no, I can do it. I got a reverse camera. So she tried, and, and then she, she had her friend try, but they she couldn't do it. didn't quite make it. And then another car was coming in, so she was stuck between our car and the car behind her. And she never did order anything. No. Because once we, we went through, she, she yeah. continued on. But there was another opportunity to get angry where I didn't get angry. And it was just like, real quick, I'm not going to get angry. I'm just going to ask her, what is she doing? What are you, you know, what, what are you doing? But I didn't get mad. And then pulled out of there and I'm going home. There's construction where we live and they had the road coned off where you have to go on the other side of the street. It was coned off. Well, that morning they removed all the cones. Well, as I'm driving home, another lady a real time. Another lady, yeah, thinks that the cones are still there and they're not, and she's going the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And she's coming right at me. Yep, head on. It's head on, coming right at me. So I swerve out of the way, slow down, roll down my window, waving my hands at her, telling her to turn around. She's going the wrong way. And she did, and then I drove off, but I didn't get mad. Mm -hmm. So that was like, sheesh. All these road things that normally would push my button. So I praise the Lord. That was good for opportunity. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not now saying you're perfect. <laughs> I'm, yeah, not perfect. Yeah, by all means, you know, I'm not bragging. I'm using these as examples, real life examples, you know, that happened to me. And hopefully you can find real life examples that happen to you tomorrow when you go to work or whatever. Right? Right. Okay. Next, Ms. Kapow. What does Jesus say about patiently enduring testing and temptation. In Luke 8, 15, yeah. it says, and the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, clings to it, and patiently produces a huge harvest. And this is the future of our joy. What I love about this is it's good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and what? Work hard in the church for a huge harvest. Patiently produce a huge harvest. So you don't have to do anything. 
There's no work involved in this outside of patiently producing a huge harvest. If you're in the vine, if you're grafted in the vine, the evidence that you're alive is that you start to produce fruit, mm -hmm. okay? You don't have to work to do that. It's, it's a product of being in the vine. It's part of obedience because it says here that the, the seeds fell on good soil in your heart. Yeah. So whatever this, and the seed is the word of God. So what the word of God says, good-hearted people hears God's word. When you hear it, you cling to it. Which so is obedience. Which is, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's the obedience to that yeah. word. And then it patient, and then the patiently, it produces a huge harvest. Yes. So that, that's, that's, that's what it is. And um, knowing that this character is being, being built in you. That's right. Especially when, when, when the, the gardener is pruning and harvesting and cutting branches and cutting dead things off. That's producing growth. That's right. Understanding it helps you get through it. It doesn't make it better, and you're not going to be joyous when it happens. Isn't there a scripture that says, you water, and um, then there's another one, and you dis, and then God does the growing. Yeah, he does an increase, yeah. yeah. One one waters, one plants, one waters. Yes, thank you. God gives an increase. Yeah, that's in the Quran. No, just kidding. I was going to say, no, it's not. It's in my Bible. <laughs> I was testing your patience and you failed, Mr. Bear. <laughs> you failed because you got mad. Uh, Romans 5, 1 through 5 says, faith brings joy, or like I like to title it, do you want peace? peace. Who doesn't want peace? Peace like a river. I got peace like a river, I got peace, peace like a river, I got peace, peace like a river in, in my soul. soul. Oh man, you are weird. You're weird. You're testing my point. <laughs> I'm uh, gonna get I'm gonna get tongue slap. <laughs> tongue slap. So do you want peace? Who doesn't want peace as a Christian? Okay. Here's how to get peace. And this is Romans 5, 1 through 5. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore. Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, how are we made right or right standing or righteousness in God's sight? How are we made like that? Because of the Lord Jesus Christ, his blood, his shed blood that was shed for us. And we have faith in his death and resurrection for our salvation. Mm -hmm. And because of that, and he took our sins... And he took our, he was a sacrifice for all of our sins. His body was broken for our redemption and our and resurrection. And he took the wrath. He took God's wrath and God's justice for our sins, right? So that we wouldn't have to. And because we believe that, then God sees Christ's righteousness when he looks at us. He does not see our righteousness yeah. because we're like filthy poop rags, mm -hmm. okay? But he sees Christ's righteousness. So Romans says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, not by works, we have peace with God. You already have peace with God. You're at peace. He's not at war with you anymore. You're not at You're enmity. Yes. 
Because why? 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 Because of Jesus. Because of what Jesus Christ. When he was on the cross and he said, it is finished, he did it all. He paid it all. It's because what our Lord has done for us. Okay? Mm-hmm. Verse 2, because of our faith, not works, not faith. you working for men. Saving faith. Saving faith. Not just, oh, I believe there's a God. I knew all the demons believe. Yeah, no, this is saving faith. This is the faith of Jesus. Yes. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. We don't merit it. But we're here. Now we stand. And guess what? We confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So, so far, sounds good. Yeah, it does. This sounds like a, let's sign, let's, where do I sign? Yeah. I confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. And all I got to do is faith. And now I got right standing with God in peace. Where do I sign? Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. You have your mind, 999? <laughs> then, verse 3, Paul's got to mess everything up. He should have just stopped at verse 2. But he didn't. He did. It oh, did. no, he did. Oh, no, he did. Oh, no, he did. Then verse 3 says, we can rejoice... Two, when we run into problems and trials. Because even Paul says, I rejoice, I boast in the Lord, I boast in my weakness, because then he, he can be, exalt God, Christ. Mm-hmm. Because it's all about Christ. It's all about it God. Is. And you know what? You don't just wake up one day and get in like there. No. This is a process of Christian maturity. You've got to mature in God. I'm sorry. Let's just face the facts. We can't be little babes. we got to grow. And you grow through this pressure, man. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. No, it's not. I hate it. I don't know what's, what's in store for me tomorrow. Some other old lady in the Buick is going to run in the back <laughs> of me. You know what I mean? Don't I'm, say that. And then I'm going to go, count it all joy. I count it all joy. George Costanza. Serendipity. <laughs> <laughs> and every time Miss Kapow, you know, does something that might irritate me, I just go, count it on joy! It's an opportunity! Yeah, right. I never have to say that because she never, ever bothered me. <laughs> <coughs> now my little black dog here is... So anyways, cha- uh, okay. verse 3 says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. Mm. Works can't develop endurance, only burnout. Yeah, if you're working for for men and you're working to brownie points and this is what I need to do, and I'm working for God, but you're actually working for your organization, but you think you're working for God, you're only going to burn out. Mm -hmm. This burden is light and easy. Yeah, it is. And you're not going to develop endurance any other way but God's way. So that's what I'm talking about in the beginning here. What will happen is you'll crash and burn if you have legalism, even a little bit of legalism. Because you're doing it on your own. Yes. Your own strength. Your own strength. These things we cannot do. You cannot do. Negative. We can rejoice too when we run into problems, or like my Spanish Bible says, problemas. Problemas. Mucho problemas. Okay. And trials, we know that they help us develop endurance. They help us. If we can 
recognize it and allow it. Verse four, and endurance develops strength of character. Just like you build muscles See, and put weight on. Exactly. And that way you, you're becoming more mature <laughs> and you're not going to get tossed to and fro from wrong doctrine. Amen. 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 That, bing, bing, bing. Endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. That's exactly what you're talking about. That's when you begin to know that you know that you know that you know that you're saved. Amen. Nothing can take that from you. The devil can't take that from you because you know that you know, and there's no wavering of mind. Like, I don't know, I don't know. You are who you are in Christ because you're abiding in the vine and you've let go of your stupid self. You've nailed Hercules to the cross. Amen. Verse five, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. You won't be disappointed in the hope of salvation. Mm -hmm. You'll never go like, oh my goodness, this is what I was hoping for. This isn't not quite no. what I was thinking. This is more like Walmart in the sky. <laughs> no. You will not, this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us mm -hmm. because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his agape. Now you see how important it is to have the Holy Spirit. We can't even love God without the Holy Spirit. And that's why the Bible says he, we love him, but he, because he loved us first. Mm -hmm. He, see, so it's God again. God loved us so that we can love him. It's all God's plans. We had nothing to do with it. We it's can't just boast unmerited anything. Mm -mm. Anything. It's all God. Did you notice in this uh, Romans 5, 1 through 5, is the Trinity? You've been made right in God's sight or Father's sight because of Jesus Christ. And then for you know that Father loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit with his love. You have mm. Father Christ and so right here in this. Beautiful. This little deal here. Well, but it's all three in one that, that works in us. Yeah. You know, I would keep thinking about the reconciliation you know, how God the Father came up with the plan of re reconciling us to him through his son by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. So, yep. so they're all in unison. They all working together. And that's what he wants for the body of Christ, that we would become one body, one spirit, one mind, one in God. Amen. That's exactly. And that's all I've got to say about that. Throw the mic down. Bam! Mic drop. Mic drop. Um, let me make sure I covered verse twelve here. So what in verse twelve? Where is verse twelve, Mr. Capel? And God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. So what you have is endurance temptation is not the falling into diverse temptations as in James 1-2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider up to the great joy. Also, the Greek means like fall. It literally means like you're walking and you're just falling to the pit. It's unexpected 
unwarranted, just plain your life goes upside down for no reason. So it's like that. Hmm. It says, it's not the falling into diverse temptations is the matter for joy, but the enduring of temptation unto the end. Uh, Job 5.17 says, but consider the joy of those corrected by God. Do not despise the discipline of the Almighty when you sin. Now, you, you know what's interesting about all this, right? You see that concept in the New Testament in Hebrews. Yeah. But you also see it in, in, in Job. Yes, you And you, you see do. it in, in uh, Psalms. Yeah, and you see it in Abraham being tested, his faith. Yeah, but I mean the, in the different books. Oh, yeah. Wow, you think that might be a biblical doctrine? Oh, here's Psalms right here for you. But life constitutes the crown, literally the life, the only true life, the highest and eternal life. The crown implies a kingdom. You welcome him back with success and prosperity. You place the crown of finest gold on his head. Huh? Did you read Hebrews 10, 23? Because it says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And that's true, because God cannot lie. Yeah. So that's our hope. Um, and that's why we can't be disappointed. No. No. Or made ashamed. No. Amen. Because we're on the right team. We're on the right team, Miss Kapow. Miss Kapowness. Uh, anything else? That's all I gotta say. That's all you gotta say about that? Mm-hmm. Well, let's um Ciao babies. Good night.
day was different, life was a thrill. You knew tomorrow would be better still. Things have changed, you're much older now. If you're unhappy and you don't know how, why don't you look? 